We're going to talk about the oneness of God again tonight. We're going to be dealing with monotheism. Monotheism. Everybody say monotheism. 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 What is monotheism? Well, monos means one or single or alone. One and then theos means God. So one God. That's the, the first answer to the first question. Monotheism. One God. We're going to talk about monotheism. We're going to cover terms tonight. We're going to cover different views tonight. At some point, we're going to actually get into different scriptures and, and teach them to you. But before we do that, we've got to deal with terms, okay? So I hope this doesn't bore you tonight, but it, it should help you, okay? Everybody got a paper there with the questions. <clears throat> Monotheism. Okay, on your paper there, monotheism, monotheos, one God. How many of you believe there's just one God? Deuteronomy chapter 6, let me turn there, read this verse to you. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. Let's all say it together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is how many? (laughs) Is one Lord. One, not two, not three, not four. The Bible says and the Bible teaches strict monotheism or the oneness of God. Okay? Go with me to Romans 10, verse 9. Romans 10 and 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So if there's only one Lord, there's only one God, monotheism. In the book, in the New Testament, Romans 10, 9, just one verse, it says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. So Jesus is that Lord. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That, that scripture's been lied on a multitude of times. But my focus tonight, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what? The Lord Jesus, His Lordship, His deity, thou shalt be saved. You understand? Okay, 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest. Say manifest. So that's a biblical term. Manifestation. Or manifest. God was manifest. That one God was manifest in the flesh. Okay? Jesus is God come in the flesh. 
justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. It doesn't get any plainer than that. Not one time, not one place is the term Trinity, Trinitarianism, ever used in the Bible because it is not a biblical truth. The Bible teaches monotheism, not Trinitarianism. It teaches that there is one God. It teaches that Jesus is that Lord. It teaches that God was manifest in the flesh. Pretty simple. According to the word of the Lord. <laughs> but there are different views. You may be seated. There are different views other than, or let me say this. There are different views that do not believe in monotheism. Different views in the world that do not believe in the oneness of God. Okay? Atheist. What is an atheist? Let's define that. It's on your paper. What is an atheist? Somebody who doesn't believe that God exists. And doesn't even believe that He exists. Okay? Agnostic. A person who is an agnostic doesn't believe that God can be known or is knowable. You know? What they say is, well, we're not sure if there is a God. We don't know if there's a God. We don't know if there's a God or if he can be known. That's an agnostic. A pantheist. Say a pantheist. We talked a little bit about this last week. Pantheists believe that God is a force in nature. That he's an energy force in nature. He's one with nature. A pantheist believes that God is in everything. In everything. In nature. That he's in the trees. That he's in just everything. Because he's an energy. <clears throat> okay. That he's an it. That he's not a he. He's an it. And an it. Or if he's just energy or just an it. Then he doesn't have the ability to know anything about himself or you. That's sad. I'm glad I'm not a pantheist. Okay, pantheist again, a energy force, one with nature, an it, not a he. And then polytheist, a polytheist is somebody who believes in many gods, multiplicity of gods, many gods, polytheism, okay, polytheism. And then within polytheism, the belief that there are many gods, there are a few terms that we will be more familiar with, and that is ditheism, which is a form of polytheism. Ditheism teaches that there are two gods. Okay? All right? So if you believe that Jesus is a God separate from God the Father... Then you're a polytheist. You are a polytheist. 
and you are a dathyism. You're in dathyism. Because dathyism is a form of polytheism. And then tritheism believes that there are three gods. Three gods. So tritheism is a form of polytheism. Okay? Let me just talk about one of these. The, the atheist, going back up to the atheist. There is nobody that is born an atheist. Nobody is born an atheist. A person is an atheist by choice. They choose to, to believe or say that there is no such thing as God. Why they choose that form of religion, and it is a religion. Because they have put faith in the fact that there is no God. The reason why they have chosen that and not born that way. Anytime you ever talk to an atheist, you're going to say, I just born that way. And that's not true. They chose to be an atheist. They chose not to believe that there was a God. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So the fool chooses to believe that there is no God. That's an atheist. And the reason why a lot of times there are atheists in the world is because there's something that has happened in their life. Okay, something has happened in their life. They didn't get a prayer answered like they wanted it to be answered. So they get angry with God and they say, well, God didn't answer my prayer, so there must not be a God. Because he didn't answer my prayer or he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to answer my prayer. Or maybe they didn't get what they wanted in life. So they, they say, I'm, I'm just not going to believe in God. They get mad, angry at God. Didn't get what I want in life. You know, believe, I was believing God for this and it didn't happen. So they just quit and gave up on God. Family pressure on them. Couldn't handle family pressure. So they just said, I'm just, forget the whole thing. I'm just not, I just choose not to believe that God even exists. Because of the family pressures that I'm under. The problems in my family. Okay. If there was a God, he'd come and help me in my family situation. They just, they just give up on God. Just quit on God. Do you understand? Maybe a tragedy took place in their life. And they're blaming. So they say, okay, well, if there was a God, he wouldn't have let me go through this. If there was a God, he wouldn't have let me suffer this loss. If there was a God of love, he wouldn't let all this evil go on in the world. My whole point is this, is that people who are atheists who have chosen to believe that there is no God, they are very foolish, but it's because of something that has happened in their life. It is a choice. It is not something they were born with. Okay? Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to talk about some things that are very important here. Name three monotheistic religions. Three monotheistic religions in the world today. Judaism is one. Christianity is another. And then what else? Right, Islam. Muslim. Faith. Those are strict monotheistic religions. 
Now the Muslim faith, they believe in one God, but they don't believe the God in the God we believe in. But they do believe there is one God. Okay? Judaism believes in the God of the Old Testament. But they don't believe in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about modern Judaism. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. Christianity believes in one God, but we also believe that that one God became a man. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay, that Jesus is God. So that is a, uh, the three monotheistic religions that are in the world today. Okay. When we talk about, let me make sure I'm on the same page here. Okay, let's just go to number three here. Briefly state the Trinitarian assertion concerning the Godhead. What, what do they teach? They teach three separate persons in the Godhead. That's what Trinitarianism, Trinitarianism teaches. Okay? Let's talk about these. Within Christendom, there are four different views of the Godhead. Four different views in the Godhead. Christendom is a monotheistic belief. Okay? Christianity will tell you, even Trinitarians will tell you that there's only one God. But within the monotheistic belief system of Christianity, there are four views concerning the Godhead. One of them is a Trinitarian view. That is that there are three separate, say with me, persons in the Godhead. Persons, three separate persons in the Godhead. They would say, Trinitarians would say it this way, that <clears throat> Jesus was very God, a very God, and he was very man, a very man. That's the way a Trinitarian would, would talk. That's the terminology they would use. Okay, you with me here? On the other hand, we wouldn't necessarily say very God, a very God, very man, a very man. We would say that he is the fullness of God. Say with me, the fullness of God manifest. Okay? The fullness of God manifest. Not an incarnation of a second person. You understand what I'm telling you? We do not believe that Jesus Christ as the Son of God is just an incarnation of the second person in the Godhead. We believe that Jesus Christ was all the fullness of the Godhead was in Jesus Christ. So he is not the second person of anything. Okay? Trinitarianism will teach you that, yes, Jesus was God, but he was a, tr a second person in the Godhead. That you would have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We don't teach that. We believe that all the fullness of the Godhead was in Him. Okay, you with me here? Another view of the Godhead within Christendom is binatarianism. Binatarianism. Okay. Let me give you the answer to that question number four, though. What false doctrine does one extreme view of Trinitarianism lean towards? Well, Trinitarianism teaches that there's three separate persons in the Godhead, but an extreme form of Trinitarianism leans toward tritheism, or three separate gods. 
not just three separate persons in the Godhead, but literally three separate gods. That's tritheism. If you teach, if you're a Trinitarian and you teach that these three persons have their own consciousness, separate consciousness, then you are on borderline tritheism. Okay? They are completely separate from each other. They have their own consciousness. Then you're on, you're, you're basically into tritheism then, three gods. Okay? That's the danger of Trinitarianism is that it, it borders on, the extreme view of Trinitarianism, it borders on tritheism. Again, more than one God. We believe in monotheism, not tritheism. Now, <clears throat> Trinitarianism, as I said, believes in three separate persons in the Godhead. But what is the difference between binitarianism and Trinitarianism? Binitarianism, this is number five, binitarian believes that there is two persons in the Godhead. Two. You with me? Two persons, two separate persons in the Godhead. Well, what do you do with the third so-called person? The Holy Ghost. If you're a binit binitarian, <laughs> what do you do with the, the Holy Ghost then? Well, let me explain to you what binitarianism is. Again, Trinitarianism is three separate persons in the Godhead. Binitarianism believes in two separate persons in the Godhead. But the Holy Ghost is a, a force, a fluid. <laughs> kind of strange, isn't it? Like the Holy Ghost is just a, a fluid or an intelligent force. Just a force, an intelligent force. That's binitarianism. Okay, you with me here? The next view is strict monotheists, number six. Strict monotheists say, what do strict monotheists say about binitarianism and Trinitarianism? What do they say? Well, what they say is that, let me read it again. What do strict one God people say about people who believe in two persons in the Godhead and somebody who believes in three persons in the Godhead? What do we as one God people say about those people? They weaken the doctrine of strict monotheism. One God. It weakens that, that teaching. That there's only one God. Okay? Let's talk about a third term within Christendom. Concerning the Godhead. This one is going to be less familiar with you. It is called... And it's, again, this one is strict, this, this one I'm fixing to share with you is strict monotheism. It believes in one God, okay? The term is, and these are terms, this is not a biblical term, nor is Trinitarianism a biblical term or Binitarianism a biblical term. This is also not a biblical term, but it defines a belief system. It is... A strict monotheistic belief system. It is called dynamic monarch, dynamic monar, <laughs> dynamic monarchianism, dynamic monar, monar, monarchianism. Well, that's a big word. 
Dynamic monarchianism. Now, here's the error in dynamic monarchianism. It believes in one God, <coughs> not multiple persons, but it denies the full deity of Jesus Christ. It will teach that Jesus was a God. Okay? A lesser God. And I'll, I'll explain that to you more in detail in just a little bit. Okay? It believes, again, in one God, but it teaches that that one God created a lesser God. A demigod. Jesus is a God. He is a demigod. But he is not. All the fullness of God is not in him. Okay? They still believe in, in the oneness of God. But they make Jesus an, a number two God. A subordinate God. Okay? With me here? That is dynamic monarchianism. Or monarchianism. Praise God. Now, another form of monotheistic belief is modalistic, modalistic monarchianism. Modalistic monarchianism or monarchianism. Modalistic monarchianism. This is also strict monotheistic. Strict monotheistic. Strict belief in the oneness of God. <clears throat> It teaches one God and the full deity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is God come in the flesh. That all the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus Christ. And that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are manifestations of that one God. It teaches again. It teaches one God. It, but it teaches that Jesus is that one God. And instead of, being there, instead of being three separate persons, it teaches that this one God was manifest three ways. Okay? That is modalistic monarchianism. That is the, the belief system that the oneness of God in modern times adheres to. Modalistic monarchianism. Okay? Are y'all with me up to this point? <coughs> now, <coughs> did you get the definition? Modalistic monarchianism believes in the full deity of Jesus Christ. God is one. Jesus is God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not persons, three separate persons, but manifestations of one God. That is a term that is used, was used for ancient, for people who believed in this uh, belief, term that is used for them, and at times is used for us. Okay? Now, here is something I want you to listen to very carefully. Okay? Help me, Lord. We have got to be very careful about letting people label us. They, they want to call us modalistic monarchianism because that's what we are the closest to in belief. 
But I don't want anybody labeling me with something that I don't know what a modalistic monarchianism person totally believes. You understand? Because it is almost impossible as you study church history to find a modalist and exactly define what each one of those modalists believed. So if you want to throw me in that camp, see, I'm not going to let you do that because I don't know what you mean by that when you say it. Okay? What we have got to be careful with is these extra biblical terms that people want to label us with. Modalistic monarchianism. Well, I can accept what, <clears throat> what that particular designation means, but I cannot accept it completely because I don't know what it was always believed through history about by the modalist, okay? Very important for you to understand that. And I tell you that for a reason. Now, just bear with me. I'm going slow here, but I've got to give you some foundation here. Modalistic monarchianism, then again, believes in one God, the full deity of Jesus Christ. It believes, now, modalistic monarchianism, modalism. What in the world is modalism? Modes. Say with me, modes. That God came in different modes or manifestations. That's why they're called modalism. Because God came in different modes, not persons. Monarchianism means one God. So, modalistic monarchianism means that one God came in different modes. Different forms. Different manifestations. That's what we believe. We believe that God came in different modes, different uh, different manifestations. Father in creation. Son in God is Father in creation. Son in redemption. Holy Ghost in regeneration. You with me? Not three separate persons. Same God, one God, just manifest different way. Different mode, different office. Okay. So the strict definition of the word modalistic monarchianism would be one God in different mode. I can handle that. But I'm just telling you that modalist men or people who believed in this had different views and concepts. And they were not always totally accurate in the way they taught the one God. Okay? And that's where the Trinitarians have a problem with what we believe. Let me explain to you. Now, I don't want to lose you, but I'm, I'm going to share something with you, okay? They will tell you that modalistic monarchianism are these different modes of the one God that has been taught in ancient history and, and in our present day right now that the term modalism, modalistic monarchianism came from a Platonic or a Plato, a Greek Philosophy from Plato, which was called the, Plato used a term for God. He called God the monad. 
the monads or the monad. That is a non-biblical term for God. Monad. Plato, Greek philosopher. Okay, you with me here? Trinitarians will tell you that modalism, this God coming in different modes because God is indivisible. You can't divide God in when Plato talked about God, he said he's a monad or a monaz. Plato said what that means is God is indivisible. You cannot divide him. Now, I believe that. You cannot cut God up. It is impossible for you to take a magnifying glass and cut him up. Okay? Do you understand? You're talking about some. God is infinite. I believe that God is indivisible. You can't divide him. You can't cut him up. You can't divide him into persons. You can't divide him up in, even in the manifestations. You cannot divide him. He is indivisible. But that one God, I believe, is the Father. Okay? The Father came in the Son, and the Father is the Holy Ghost. Can't divide God, but he came in different modes. Trinitarians will tell you that this modalistic monarchianism, this belief system that God is indivisible who comes in different forms is pagan. That it's rooted in Plato's teaching which taught an indivisible God. You with me? An indivisible God, he called the monad or the monaz. And that is not a biblical term for God. God is not called a monad. He is not called a monaz. Are you with me? But Trinitarians have a problem with what we believe because they believe that it is rooted in this monad doctrine of Plato or this monaz doctrine of Plato. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, hang with me just a minute. Whenever you read Trinitarians on the subject of modalistic monarchianism, you will find out that's why they've got a problem with what we teach. Because they believe it's linked to the monad of Plato. That indivisible God. A God that you cannot divide. You understand? Now, I believe you cannot divide God. But the problem is using a non-biblical term. That's why I'm telling you, we got to be careful about using terms that are not necessarily biblical because they could be, you know, terms that have come from pagan Greek philosophy. And I'm not telling you that modalism, God, modalism, modalism, monarchianism, God in different modes or forms, that indivisible God come in different modes or manifestations. I'm not telling you that it came from Monad or monaz, the Greek pagan term. But I'm telling you that they believe that. That's what they believe. So they have a problem with what we teach because they think it's rooted in paganism. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Woo! Hello, Jesus. I love you, Lord, tonight. Now, going back to this dynamic monarchianism, the one before it, Believes in one God, but it believes in the oneness of God, the indivisible God, 
Again, this one is this one is rooted in the pagan teaching of the monad or the monaz of Plato. It is linked to that. Do you understand? Here's the problem with dynamic monarchianism. It teaches that there is one God, but this one God created Jesus. He was a lesser God. He was just a God. You with me here? Okay. We'll talk about that in just, we'll go down through here and we'll talk, we'll give you some more information. All right, in just a moment. Oh, help me, Lord. I, I just. What is the error of dynamic monarchianism then? It doesn't teach the full deity of Jesus Christ. It not only does it not teach the full deity of Jesus, it denies the full deity of Jesus. It denies that the fullness of the Godhead is bodily in Jesus Christ or, or is in Jesus bodily, I should put it that way. The fullness of the Godhead. That is the error of dynamic monarchianism. Believes in one God, but doesn't believe that Jesus is that one God. They believe that he is a God. Okay. Eight. What term or terms have church historians used to describe Noetus, Praxius, and Sibelius belief concerning the Godhead? And I'll just give you the answer. Modalistic monarchianism. Modalistic monarchianism. That's what they describe these believers or these people, these men as teaching. Now, Notius, who is that? Who in the world is that? Well, these are post-apostolic teachers. Post-apostolic teachers. Notius lived around one, or, or he didn't live, but he taught around 191 A.D. You with me here? There's another man by the name of Praxius. He's also around the second century AD who taught the modalistic monarchianism teaching. And then another man you're very familiar with is Sibelius. The, they call the Sibelian doctrine uh, belief. He, they believed in modalist monarchianism. All right. So these men taught and believed that there was one God who came in different modes. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were just modes or manifestations of the one God. That they were not three separate persons. Okay? Again, you have to be real careful because somebody, especially this last name, Sibelius, are followers of Sibelius. They would say the Sibelian belief. That's what they would call you sometimes. Okay? They don't call you a modalistic or a modalist. They will call you a Sibelian because he believed basically that there was one God who came in three forms or three manifestations or three modes. But again, don't let them label you with that because Sibelius, it is believed, taught 
one God, but he came successful, uh, successively. He started out as father, then he became son, then he became Holy Ghost. Okay? Succession. That's wrong. You understand? Because the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. He is God. The Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of God. Now, He, God became a man, dwelt among us in Jesus Christ. But this idea that Sibelian, Sibelius brought forth was a succession in God. Father, then Son, then Holy Ghost. And that's the error. <clears throat> so it's... it's a small error, but it's, it's enough error not to want to be labeled as a, a believer of, of Sabellianism. Okay? Praise God. But they were modelistic monarchianism. They believed in that. That's what they, their belief system was. Okay. Let's answer another question. Now keep those men's names in your mind, please. What term would most likely be used in 20th century to describe their view? What terms have you heard yourself labeled? You heard yourself labeled Jesus only? Well, we are not Jesus only. That's what they, the Trinitarians label us. Jesus only. If you call yourself Jesus only, that will create a problem for them because in their mind, you're denying the Father. Okay, so we're not Jesus only in the sense that we deny the Father. <laughs> but that's what they want to call us, Jesus only, or what else? What? Oneness? Oneness? That's true. We are oneness. What else? They'll also call you new issue. Now, that's not a term that I, I've ever been called, you new issue person, you know. <coughs> I've never been called that. Been called oneness. I've been called Jesus only, uh, but but not very often new issue. In fact, I don't think I've ever been called new issue. But these are some of the modern day terms that is used for somebody who believes that God came in different modes or manifestations instead of three persons, and then the fullness of God was in Jesus Christ. Okay, <coughs> new issue, right? New issue. That's a term, modern day term. Question number 10. Does the term Jesus only give a correct concept of the Godhead? If not, why not? Well, because it's misleading to Trinitarianism. It implies the denial of the Father and the Spirit. You say, you're just Jesus only. You're the Son. You know, you only focus on the Son. Jesus only. Then they look at it as you are denying the Father and the Son. Because again, they believe in three separate persons. But we do not deny the Father and the Son. We believe that all the fullness of the Godhead was in Him. Okay? All right. We've already quoted the Shema. That's Deuteronomy 6, 4. Here always where the Lord our God is one Lord. So you've got this page completed then. <clears throat> so you know a few terms that will help you. <clears throat> Let's compare the Trinitarian view of the Godhead with that of binitarianism a little more. 
The Trinitarian view of the Godhead means what? Three separate persons in the Godhead. Or they would call it three separate, this is a real, real heavy word, but get, hypostasis. Three separate, they define the Greek word hypostasis as persons. Let me give you an example, Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says this. Who be in the brightness of His glory and the expressed image of His person. This is talking about Jesus. He is the expressed image of His person. Who? God. So here, it's translated person and they call God a person. But God is never called a person in the Bible. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is never called a person. But Trinitarianism teaches that there are three persons in the Godhead. That God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. And we know He is a person. <laughs> but listen to me. And the Holy Ghost is a person. But God is not called a person. God in, God in the Son is called a person. But not God. God is never called a person. But they would say there are three hypostases or three, they d define the Greek word hypostases as person. It should be substance. Okay. Let me read it. Who be in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his substance. The Greek word should be, it's hypostasis, but it should not be translated person. It should be translated substance. Who be in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his substance and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down to the right hand of the majesty on high. The point is, Trinitarians say that there are three persons and they use the Greek word hypostasis to try to prove that. But hypostasis doesn't mean person. It means substance. God is never called a person. Never in the Bible is God called a person. So if you're a Trinitarian, how can you go walk around and say there's three persons in the Godhead when God is never called a person? Not one time in the Bible. God is a spirit. John 4 says God is a spirit. That is his nature. God is not a person. God doesn't have a body. The spirit of God does not have a body. He's not a person. He is a spirit. That is his nature. When it talks about God, his eyes, you know, run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking whom he may, whom he may show himself strong on their behalf. The eyes of the Lord talks about, you know, his arm is not short, he cannot save. Talks about the hand of the Lord. They're just anthropomorphisms. They're just human terms that are used to describe God so that we can relate to God. But he don't have an arm. He don't have eyes. You understand? He doesn't have a, no a nose. His nostrils open the Red Sea. Well, no, he didn't go down there literally with his nose and whew, split the Red Sea. That's an anthropomorphism that is using human terms in the Bible. 
human terms, to describe God. But God in his nature is spirit, not person, not, he doesn't even have a body. I said God. Now he took on a body when he came in Jesus Christ, and Jesus is a person. All the fullness of the Godhead is in the person of Jesus Christ. But God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body, a corporal body. Doesn't have an arm, doesn't have a hand, doesn't have eyes, doesn't have a nose. He is a spirit. God is a spirit. Okay. So God is not a person. He's a spirit. And these, and Trinitarians or Binitarians or whoever, they want to say that God is three persons. They're not biblical. That's not a biblical term for God. Okay, you with me here? Binitarianism again teaches that there's two persons in the Godhead. Two persons in the Godhead, excluding the Holy Ghost as one person. See, they don't say the Holy Ghost is a person. They just say the Father is a person. There's God the Father. He's a person. And then there's God the Son. He's another person. But the Holy Ghost is not a person. He's just an intelligent force. So that's binitarianism. So you still, but you still got two persons. Okay? And they just say the Holy Ghost, you're not even a person. You're just an intelligent being. It's an intelligent force. Okay? Y'all with me up to this point? I know this is heavy, but I've got to give it to you. <clears throat> All right. What are two extreme tendencies discernible in Trinitarianism? What are two extreme tendencies discernible in Trinitarianism? One stresses the unity of God. Trinitarianism stresses the unity of God without an understanding of what is meant by three separate persons. You'll, you'll hear a Trinitarian preacher sometime get up and, and preach and teach one of the best one God messages you'll ever hear in your life. You, you think you heard a oneness preacher. And when he gets through, he, he will make, he'll close and he'll talk about, uh, we believe in the Trinity or the triune God, you know. And I, you know, I'm saying, hey man, you did an awesome job teaching the oneness. Because he's stressing the unity of God. Okay, but he's still captured by these false biblical terms called persons and, and saying there's three separate persons and triune God and Trinity, you know. They're captured with the, the error in, the, in that, uh, the terms. But yet they stress the unity of God to the point, almost sound like a one God preacher. Tell you the truth, man. I've heard them on the radio. <clears throat> so they don't even understand three, what? what really three separate persons mean. They would tell you, no, we believe in one God. We don't believe in three separate gods. We just believe there's three persons in the Godhead. You know, three separate persons in the Godhead. And they'll get up there and teach the oneness of God, basically, and then say, but there's three, but they are three, and they are three separate persons. The problem then in that, then, is what? We're not, we're not pointing a finger at them if they, if they believe that there's one God and they're using terms like three separate persons. We don't say to them, you believe in three gods. We tell them the error that you have is you are dividing him into persons. We're not saying you believe in three gods. We're saying you believe in one God 
but in three persons. Okay? Now, just hang with me. That is one extreme tendency in Trinitarianism. The other is to believe in three self-conscious beings. Three separate self-conscious beings. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. They are so separate that they are individual and each one of them is self-conscious. That is tritheism. That is three God. You cannot have three separate self-conscious beings and, and call them, each one of them, call each one of them God if you call this separate, separate self-conscious being God, the Father. You call this separate self-conscious being the Son. You call this separate self-conscious being the Holy Ghost. Or you call him, you call each one of them God, but you, you say they're three, they have each shape, each self-consciousness, you call them God, then you've got three gods on your hand. It's impossible to have three separate self-conscious beings and call each one of them God without having three separate gods. You know, and when we had our conference here, that's what I, you know, remember I shared that. It's impossible for what, what the teacher that was here, and I'm not going to call his name, but the teacher made a statement, and I said, it's impossible for you to believe what you just believed and not believe in three separate gods. You cannot say that they are three separate self-conscious individual persons and call each one of them a god without being in tritheism. Let's, let me ask my, this trinity of people here to stand. You just got to stand. <clears throat> okay? Look, she's an individual, she's an individual, she's an individual. She's, a, she's got self-consciousness of her own, she's got self-consciousness of her own, she's got self-consciousness of her own. If I call her God, and I'm not, but if I call her God, then I got a God here. If I call her God, I've got a God here. If I call her God, I've got a God here. Whether she be Father, Son, Holy Ghost, there's three gods here. Because they are separate, self-conscious. So you cannot say... That there's one God and teach this individual self-consciousness without being in tritheism. And if you're in tritheism, then you are a polytheistic. You believe in more than one God. And the Bible teaches strict what? Monotheism. One God. Here always the Lord our God is one Lord. Okay? So let's say you come across somebody who believes in three separate persons in the Godhead, but they will flat out deny and say, we do not believe in three gods. Ask them one question. When you get to heaven, how many thrones will you see? How many thrones will you see? If they tell you when, you, when they get to heaven, they're going to see three thrones. Even if they deny that they believe in three gods. If they say there's going to be three thrones and one sitting on each throne. Even if they deny that there's three gods, they are tritheists. You cannot have three thrones and three individuals sitting on that throne without having three gods. Okay? But if they tell you, well, no, we just believe there's going to be one throne and Jesus is going to sit on that throne and Jesus is God, but we still believe in three persons. Well, they're, tr they're Trinitarian. They believe in persons. But it's a false doctrine because they try to divide them in persons. Now, I don't know how you do that. 
<coughs> I mean, I don't know how you, you could divide him into three persons and still say you got one throne. So I'm just telling that Trinitarianism really leans toward tritheism. Even if you deny that you believe in three gods, it really leans towards it. Okay? Are you here today? <laughs> Strict monotheists in church history have been divided into two distinct classes. What was it? Dynamic monarchianism and modalistic monarchianism. Those are the two extreme uh, camps of monotheism. Okay? And I say extreme. Let's, let's distinct classes. Number one, dynamic monarchianism. Let me give you an example in church history of somebody who believed that way. That believed in one God, but did not believe in the full deity of Jesus. Okay? Let me give you an example. His name was Arius. Arius. A-R-I-U-S. A-R-I-U-S. <coughs> he lived between 260 A.D. and 336 A.D. Arius was his name. He was from Egypt, Alexander, Egypt. He basically was a Gnostic. Okay, I got five minutes. He basically was a Gnostic. He claimed that he was knowledge. And Gnosticism said they had a secret knowledge. Very dangerous heresy. I'm not going to get into that. But Arius basically was a Gnostic. said, we have higher knowledge. All right? And Arius believed in this doctrine of dynamic monarchianism. Are you here right now? That Jesus was a created God. One God they believed in, but they believed that Jesus was created by the one God, and he was God Jr. So they deny the full deity of, of Jesus Christ. You understand? They said he was a created God, a God, a God Jr., a demigod. They, they believed that he was not God, the one God of the Bible, nor did nor, they didn't believe that he was just a creature. They believed he was a third kind of being. A third kind of being. Higher than the, the normal creation, but lesser than the one God of the Bible. The one God of the Bible created Jesus and he was a God. Are you with me here? Our God Jr. So it denies the full deity of Jesus Christ. Now... I can recommend a book to you, but I don't know if you're ready for it. I got five minutes. I, I, really, I, I, might, I might take up next week on this. This is called The Trinity Evidence and Issues by Robert, Dr. Robert Moray. He is a fabulous theologian in a lot of other things. <laughs> he writes many books. He's one of my favorite theologians. Okay? But on the doctrine of the Trinity... He misses it on the oneness of God. But he does hit the nail on the head 
in the area of dynamic monarchianism and explaining that. And he shows that this dynamic monarchianism that the one God of the Bible created Jesus who's a lesser God or a demigod or a God junior. And then Jesus created the universe. The lesser God, that this one God created Jesus so that Jesus could create the world for him. And that Jesus, as the junior God or the lesser God, created other demigods called angels to do his work for him. Okay? He shows in this book that that goes back to the Plato teaching of the monad or the monads. (coughs) You with me? Again, if Plato called God, monad or monas, indivisible God. And because God is indivisible, then Jesus cannot be equal with God or cannot have the attributes of God. That Jesus has to be finite. God is the only one who is infinite. Jesus must be finite, cannot have the attributes of God. He cannot be God. So God created him a lesser God. This is Jehovah Witness doctrine. Jehovah Witness will teach you. They have a translation, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was a God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was a God. They will translate it a God. So they teach what Arius taught. That Jesus was a God. He was a lesser God. He was a demigod. That God created to create the universe. And then Jesus, are you with me? Has angels that are also demigods to help him. And the Holy Ghost is also a lesser God. He's also a God. Are you here tonight? And it's all linked back to that Plato word called monad. This indivisible God. And because he's an indivisible God. Then Jesus could not be the mighty God in Christ. He has to be a lesser God. Are you here tonight? Give God some praise. And I'm, I'm going to stop with that, and I'm going to pick that up next week because I want to share with you some terms that are really important, okay? Um, yeah, we'll do that. He's, he's excellent in teaching that, that aspect. But what he tries to do is he tries to take that same concept of the monad or the monads, that Greek Plato word, And tries to say that we as oneness believers also base our doctrine in that. Okay? He tries to say that about us. This is where he misses it. Because as you read what he says about modalism, what those three men, Praxius and Sibelius and Noetus, what they believed, he makes statements about what they believed that are totally in error. He makes statements about what modern day one God people believe. He makes statements that are totally, totally in error. We do not believe that the Son is the Father. Or that the Son is God. We believe that God was in the Son. Do you understand? But he tries to use, and he's accurate on dynamic monarchianism. But he's inaccurate in applying the monad to us. Or the monads to us. 
Because I have never one time, and I'm stopping, but I've never heard one time any one God teacher or one God preacher ever use the term monad or monaz as the basis for modelistic monarchianism or the teaching of the oneness of God. Because that is a Plato term that is not a biblical term for God. Okay? But he tries to say that's what we believe. And then he tries to prove modalistic monarchy and teachers in the past that they said certain things. Um, one of them was that the modalistics of ancient times taught that the Father or that God suffered, that God died. We do not believe that God died. We do not believe that the Father suffered on the cross. We don't believe the Father died. If he did, who was running the universe? We say that God was in Christ or the Father was in Christ and the humanity or the Son or uh, the body died. But God never died. But that's what he says modalists believe and teach. We don't teach that. He says that Praxius believed that. He didn't believe that. He said Michael Servetus was was the uh, uh, laid the groundwork for Unitarianism. That's a lie. Michael Servetus was not a Unitarian. Michael Servetus believed that Jesus was God. You can't be a Unitarianism and believe that Jesus was God. He makes statements in here that are totally inaccurate. They are error, my friend. And if you're not familiar with church history, and you're not familiar with the Word of the Lord, and not familiar with truth, what we teach... You can really get messed up reading a book like this. Okay? Some of it's right on. Dynamic monarchianism, he's got it. Nailing. I mean, he nailed it. I've never read any one God teaching on dynamic monarchianism that is at this level. It is wonderful. But he misses it when he goes into the next chapter and tries to apply the same uh, theory for oneness people that we get our teaching from the monad or the monads of Plato. Okay, so just be aware. Fabulous theologian. I, I mean, I can disagree and still be agreeable. <laughs> Fabulous writer. Okay. But anyway, next, next week, the Lord willing, if the Lord hasn't come. <laughs> hey, that's my hope, man. I'm going to get into this. I'm going to explain it to you more. And I'm going to explain to you the monad. And then there's another term that is used to express this teaching. Uh, it's called the dynad. It's another Plato term. Okay? Praise God.